Amen. So, today I would love to uh, just focus on uh, areas that we are going to be uh, working on this year, uh, areas of focus. And for me to be able to do this in our lesson is going to be important for me to go through our values, our mission, our vision, and then we will discuss our areas of focus. From uh, having done this uh, teaching in the last service, uh, I note it's quite long, so I may cut out certain things. However, I would love to uh, go through as much as I can and if we're not able to cover everything, we will post some of this on our uh, church website so that you can download it. The reason we're doing this, Baheso, is that we would love for you to connect with our church in a meaningful way. We want you to know who we are, what we are doing, why we do what we are doing as we are led by the Spirit of God. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Amen. And so we will go through these things. Some of these things, it's like I said, I would have, uh, I think in future, we will have vision night, wherein we are not rushed, we are not hurried, and we don't have a million other things to do. We just focus on and the vision night. So, you know, today's service might be slightly different. You might experience a bit of an information overload, but be that as it may, I pray that God will grant you the grace. Can I hear an Amen. We are then uh, want to start, first of all, to talk about the values of our church. Uh, you do know that uh, values are defined as a pattern of beliefs and basic assumptions that a group has invented, discovered, or developed. In our case, our values are based on what the Bible says. We are embracing what the Bible says, and that becomes the foundation upon which our values are based. If you don't have values as an individual, as a family, as an organization, then you'll always run into problems. And, uh, and the values are important. And, and the question is, what do we mean? I mean, what are core values? Well, values, first of all, number one, they need to be constant. Whatever value we have, it's going to be something that is going to be constant. It's not going to change. It's something that we're going to build on, whether this year or 50 years from now. Values, secondly, are passionate. In other words, whatever values we have, we embrace them with passion. We, we believe them, we live by them, and we are upbeat, katsona, and they fuel. They are the fuel behind what we do, what we do. Thirdly, the values... I'm going to present to you a biblical. In fact, if I could, which I haven't done, on all the values that I'm going to be presenting to you, which there is about 12 of them, I can put a verse to each one of those values. Values number four are our core beliefs. Tell me if I'm going too fast. Ne? It's our core beliefs. Uh, and then number five, values are non-negotiable. In other words, when it comes to these values, these are the, our non-negotiable principles. And these non-negotiable principles, they guide our decision-making. If you want to know why are we buying buildings, why are we planting churches, why are we having services for youth, why are we having such and such, it's all because of the values we have. 
you know, why do we uh, emphasize so much on leadership in this church? It's all because of the values we have. So values are non-negotiable principles. They guide us in decision-making. And number what? Number Number what? Number what? I can't be working so hard and then let Arabella go to say number what? Number six. All right. Number six. Values express what's important to us as a church. There are things that are important to us. There are certain things that are not so important, but there are things that are important. And then number seven, values drive our ministry. Okay? All right? So values are, you know, they, they are, they matter to us. Now, the question that I want to ask, what is their importance then? Be that as it may. What is their importance? First of all, they determine a, 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 the, 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 the church's distinctives or an organization distinctives. Distinctives are things that, that pop out. You know, when you walk into any organization, whether you walk into a bank or you walk into a retail store, there are things that pop up that you see immediately. And it's not, I'm not talking about decorations and the like. I mean, it's like, for instance, how they welcome you there. You know, the way they give service. You know, the way the, the staff addresses people. These are things that pop out. We call them distinctives. And every church in Ali, its own distinctives. Just when you get in Kagetifela, there's things that you see. And, and I must say, you know, when you've been in a place too long, you become desensitized to the way it looks like. One of the things I like doing uh, uh, is to attend our church as, as, a, as, a, as a visitor without people knowing particularly when we have a guest speaker. As a matter of fact, I, I heard about an MEC recently in some place. Somebody was telling me, I didn't see the story. Maybe they can play How many of you know the story of an MEC? Kiko Kaikana. What was that? Yeah, yeah. But you want to get a good Is it the Eastern Cape? Is it Eastern, the MEC? Why? The MEC was social development, went to an event. That was hosted by social development. Or went to the Sasa offices. Dressed in Malabulabu. Now, I don't know in English what Malabulabu is, but she, she was dressed like a beggar. Dressed like a beggar and, and gone into the Sasa offices. And my, did they mistreat her. Now, now watch this. If that's your department, if that is the, your department, this is what people are experiencing in your department. Mara, if all you do is to sit in your office, your ivory tower, you will never know how people are treated in your So oftentimes, I kind of come to our church. You won't see me. And, and come in and, and so, so that I get a feel of what people experience when they first come here. Because, you know, as church people, we forget, you know. So I'm talking about distinctive. So if a place in LA excellence, how can I follow up on that? How can I follow up on that? How can I follow up on that? How can I follow up can Look at her hair. It's nice. She's very decent. 
So how can I go to the house? I don't know what I'm saying. Anybody understand what I'm saying about it? I'm just using it as an example. So these are distinctives. And then values dictate personal involvement. In other words, when you know the values of a place, then you make a decision whether you want to be involved and be part of what's going on there. You know, it's, it's very clear. So, you know, uh, so if, if it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's an organization whose values so even if you get a job there, so you have a chance to decide, do I want to work in this atmosphere or do I want to work somewhere else? Number three, values, they communicate what's important. Fourthly, they Embrace positive change. In other words, as, as change is imposed on us by the world, we do change and adapt, but we don't do so against our values. Our values dictate to us how we change. And, and you'll, you'll see that later on as I talk about one of our values there. Number five, they influence overall behavior. When you've embraced certain values, you behave in a certain way. If you value relationships, you know, then you'll find if you work for that organization, people are very relational in that organization. You know, there are some places when you, when you work, it's all work and no play. And it makes Jack a dull boy. Some people, it's just about profit, profit, profit margin, profit margin, no relationship. You have no life, nothing. When they meet, the first question is how much, not how are you. Anybody understand what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it influences overall behavior. Number six, it inspires people to action. You know, when you know that you are in a place that has embraced certain values, it really inspires you to action. Um, for instance, if the value there, the value there is the, the, the value your yeah, yeah, delivery, you know, and they, 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 they rave about, please, guys, you have to make sure you're given a task, you must finish it, and so on. It really inspires you. Number seven, this one I like, values enhance the credibility of leadership. They enhance credible leadership. In other words, if you stick to your values, only then can people say whether you're a credible leader or not. And, and I'm, I must tell you, Bazalan, this is contested territory in the world today, wherein leadership at large is not seen to be credible across all the spectra of society, regardless of whether it's in the church, in the business world, political world, doesn't matter. There's a struggle where people don't trust what leaders are saying. And, and, and that's because very often leaders don't embrace values. You can't come up and say you have a value of, of uh, what example can I use? Of, 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 okay, maybe say one of our values, we need to be sacrificial, you know? Everybody must sacrifice for our country. And next thing we know, you don't sacrifice as a leader, you know? People are not going to believe you. People are not going. If you say, no, my value is that everybody must, we must be punctual. Punctuality is a value. Next thing we know, fit a lady. But no, but no, she ever fell. Number eight, values shape the character or the culture of an organization. When you walk into an organization, you can almost tell the character. Number nine, 
Values determine the vision of the ministry, where it's going. I'm going fast now. Number 10, they determine the... Askies. Askies. Can I go on? Number 10, values determine the behavior and the practices of an organization. How an organization behave, the things they do. And I like this one, number 11. These shared values become the fabric that binds an organization together. In other words, because we, we all have embraced these values, it keeps us as a team that even in times of difficulty and challenge, we stay together because of the values that we've embraced. And, and values are worth fighting for. I tell you, you must not let people tamper with your values. Number 12, values function as the guidance system. 13, they determine Askis. <laughs> now you know why about our vision night, okay? <laughs> Askis. Sorry, I don't, I, I'm pressurizing myself, Kanako, and I shouldn't. Rightfully so, I shouldn't. May I go on? Yo. Values determine beliefs on how the ministry ought to be conducted. They determine beliefs on how the ministry ought to be conducted or the organization ought to be conducted. And then number 14, they provide continuity in a changing world. In other words, as much as the world is changing, our values remain constant. I mean, if you value honesty, honesty is honesty whether it's in 1902 or in 3045. Being honest is being honest. It doesn't change. Honesty doesn't change. No matter how much the world evolves, honesty is honesty. It's something that is constant. May I please continue? Thank you. What are the values of our church? There's 12 of them. If you've attended uh, our discipleship course and Leadership 101, we go through these values, but I, I want to do it for the rest of us. And I'm hoping as I go through these things by here, so you will kind of understand why we do things the way we do them and, and why we, we make a big issue out of things. For instance, I mean, as Libona was, you know, generally Labona, and I'll come to that point. You know, we are very orderly, you know, very, very orderly. Reduce him of our secret, you know. You, you, you won't find Akira Rahona Lumoto Santa now, Lukisa, bass guitar mole, a connector, a matamo. We don't have that here. We don't. And it will not be allowed. And then you've noted when we start, when if it's seven o'clock, it's seven o'clock. We start. I read seven o'clock, but hallelujah. We even count them down, you know. Yeah, it's, it's all in our values. It's all in our values. And so it becomes a, a huge thing when people become part of what we're doing to say, look, these are our values. And, and if I may say, for those of you who are having companies or you're running, even it doesn't matter how small your organization is, have values. And you must be totally non-negotiable because values. Totally non-negotiable. You should never let anybody 
are affected in terms of your values. Maybe I'll come to some of those things uh, as we go along. Here's value number one. We believe that anointed teaching is the catalyst for transformation in the individual lives of the church. We believe that anointed teaching is the catalyst for transformation in individual lives in the church. We believe that it's God's word that changes people's lives. Instead of a bunch of rules and regulations. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have requirements and rules. We do. Mara, you know, you can be so overly uh, uh, regulated that it, it, it just, people just do it because we believe God's word needs to change people in their hearts. Are you understanding what we are saying? For that reason, preaching for us is a very important part of what we do in the church. You know, if you come to our church, you're going to get preaching. And we're not going to give you 15 minutes of preaching. Ah, Arakulekhide is 45 minutes. So, no, that one is entry level. But we're going to preach for an hour, maybe even more. And we're going to teach from the Bible. We believe God's word. We're not going to teach from First Imaginations chapter 42, verse 75. You understand what I'm saying? No, we're going to preach from the word. And we're strict about our doctrine. Right? We are clear. I've gone to Bible school. I study. I've got other people in our church. We help go through doctrine. Make sure that what we preach and teach is biblical. We have a sound theological foundation. All right? So preaching is what changes people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I, and I thank God now as the years go by, we can see the value of that. Because we know people who first came here. I mean, I wish you knew how many men I've spoken to who one-on-one -on -one have literally expressed their gratitude. Because when they first came here, some of them, the guy said, oh, Bishop, that day, I can't But I can see what happened. When we were preaching, luckily tipsy. I don't even know. And I was even to this man now, his family is okay. He's, he's a good husband, raised his children well. He's no longer drinking. He's a responsible man. But a few years ago, he wasn't like that. You know, he wasn't like that. Now, this one, you know, he was not drinking at all, but I'll make him an example. Dadam Konto told me a story. This is a man who serves me all the time, but you don't mind standing that them You don't mind standing. You must give this gentleman a hand, Basil, and I love him very much. I love him very much. He serves me a lot. When I travel, I travel with him. It's a protocol. He always serves me. He's a businessman. He told me his story. But, but it was his family that started coming to the church. Okay, okay. She was sitting somewhere there in the first service. Ah, would you somewhere? Okay. Yeah. And the Libo Zeni and the kids. That's when we were still at homemakers. He, to he told me the story one day. He said, Hey, Kanapela, you brought your family for how many years before you joined? For one year. So he brought the family for one year. He would drop them and go. They don't go. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Sometimes. And then he said something that struck me. He said, you know what made me come to the church is because after my wife came from the service, she was a different woman. <laughs> she was a different woman. She, 
She was nice, and the atmosphere of Kohai was nice. And he said, I started becoming curious. And he said, so, but next Sabbath, I didn't want them to realize that I'm now starting to come. You're a lot of are not macho men, right? We don't want them to know who No. So he said, then I would bring them to church, drop them there, drive off. <laughs> drive as though I'm driving away, and then, then drive back. <laughs> Wait for the service to be on, come to the service, sit right at the back, and listen to you. He says, I did that for several, was it months? Several months and Aplomeda. Then one month, he says he doesn't know what happened. When I made the altar call, he found himself in the front. He doesn't know what happened. Doesn't know what happened. <laughs> Only then did he declare Maralina Sekiada. And yet they've been here for years and years. And I see a family like this. And I say, you know what? It's all because of the teaching and preaching of God's word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real life change. And I can tell you story after story after story after story. So we believe that. So, you know, when I send our pastors to go and teach these young pastors, can their young pastors, Paratoba Rumelamba, I made them stand. Did I make you stand in this service? It was in the other service. We've got young pastors who are here, Paratoba Rumelamba. We are planting more churches, we are sending them. So, when I teach them, when I teach them, I, one of the things I teach them is that prepare your message, pray a lot, believe God to anoint you. Yeah, because it's only anointed teaching. Bazalana, it's not our eloquence. Are you understanding what I'm saying, Bazalana? It's not our eloquence. It's not the way we've packaged our sermon, even if we should do it well. Hmm? It is anointed teaching. So, you know. We teach them that discipline the day before Ulorera, you know. Saturday, we, we have to quarantine. Yeah, from, 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 in the afternoon, from about two o'clock or four o'clock, we can't be seen out in the street to go home and quarantine. Get ready. Get into preaching mode. Right, and, and go through your sermon. Pray. Wake up early in the morning. Pray. Come to church. Pray. Try Skelalona Lemusadi the night before. This is even better. God bless you, you may be seated God bless you, God bless you God bless you. so here we go so number two, we believe that lost people matter to God and therefore they ought to matter to the church what do we mean by that? well, we believe that we give people a chance to receive Christ as Savior and Lord that's why in all our preaching sessions we make an altar call. Unfortunately, a service like this becomes a bit challenging for me. But we do make altar calls in our church services, even at the stadium. That's why at the stadium this year, Bazalan, make sure you bring a soul or you bring souls because you're going back to Orlando Stadium. Got Good Friday. Yeah. Powerful. So we believe that lost people matter to God. Number three, we believe that the church should be culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. And I'll explain that. I'll explain that. Now, we, we don't ever become prescriptive as to the dress code of the people in our church. Okay, we've never ever stood here and said, Leaparezo. However, I must say and make it you aware, for the people who come up on stage, we are prescriptive, okay? And the reason we are prescriptive is that 
we just think people should be dressed in a modest way because the people who come in to our church to attend the service come from different backgrounds. Yeah, so we don't want people uh, to get offended because they can say Bermuda. Because there's people are Bermuda when I'm here, particularly in a Sunday morning service, and not because there's anything anointed kalong pen. No, it's just that some people. Yeah, so we do tell people there are certain attires that you can't wear. All right, so so we, we tell them. So however, however, people can be you know they can adapt to culture. Even if you can say the sneakers and whatever, like our young people, they can say the sneakers. So he says, it's not a problem. You can wear your sneakers. You can allow jiva. Overflow. Overflow. In my soul. Overflow. So we say, Lord, even when you sing that overflow, there are certain parts of your anatomy that must not move. If you get my drift, if you get my drift, ne? you can't be moving certain parts of your anatomy in church, depicting things that should not be depicted in church. So, so, and, and that's always a problem where people somehow, you know, they, they want to be culturally relevant, but they throw out the scriptural distinctive and the, and the, and the doctrinal purity. Let me give an example. We, we're clashing so much with some people when it comes to the issue of marriage because there are people who will not, they don't want to get married. They, they want to do ta-ta-sala. You see now, you're quiet. You say, I don't know why this side is quiet. I don't know. I don't know what's going on this side. Now, they, they know from, if you say you are a member of Grace Bible Church, you do know that we have We've clearly said it in our statement of faith and we teach about it that we believe in the institution of marriage. We've clearly stated it, right? But, but people will act like they don't know. Do the tata sala and when we ask them to say, Mara, this is our value. Now, please understand, whether marriage is the cultural way, the mutle way, the church way, whether we will acknowledge and accept, but, but the, the underlying thing is that when people get married, usually there's an involvement of other parties for them to be aware that the two are getting married. And there are certain ordinances and practices, even from a legal standpoint, my partner. But you know these days, working my partner. Come on, look at your neighbor. Oskai ketsanga rautsi bi. Oskai ketsanga rautsi bi ne. I hope you. So this is what we say, Basar. This is what we say. Now, some people, when they started coming to church or when they got born again, they already had my partner. They were not married. So we say to them, look, even though you were not married, it's okay. We will help you to get married. Right? Come and approach us. We will take you through all the processes, premarital, and then we'll help you to get married. So that marriage is something that we, we, we are embracing. Why? Because that has to do with doctrinal purity. Whilst we are understanding these days, people may get us at Huh? I 
mean in the world, Bazalana. I was telling my bishop, well, Kura Haushaka, anywhere in the world, most parts of the world, the institution of marriage is no longer there. People don't get married. People don't get married. How was Sanyala? Can I come on your thing recently? Oh, the guy who was in the UK. Can I come on? Prince Kimangi William, come on. Harry, Unyeti Mankana. Megan. Never look Kenya, before Banyala, never tell my level two before Banyala. Never look Kenya, and the reporters by reporter, Ili Norma, the fellow who know Prince Harry, Megan, Nikibabako, Kenya, they are on a vacation, but nobody is even saying Havasonyal. No, 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 don't look at me like that. I'm just trying to show you. So, what, 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 what's been done to us, we are. We are gradually being reconditioned and desensitized. I was listening to one radio uh, 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 anchor and he, a talk show host, who was saying the issue of marriage now is a thing of the past. Yeah, yeah. We must be progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gets married anymore. I almost said, come sit in the second row of our church, then you will see. <laughs> Young people, look at them. Young people, Kiba. They are young people, Kiba. Kiba. Young people, Banyala, Kiba. Yeah. So, so we, need to, we need to balance these things properly. That in the name of trying to be culturally relevant and progressive, we hold on to the values of the Bible. Yeah. We hold on to the values of the Bible. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Number four, give you number four, he writes, we believe that Christ's followers should manifest authenticity and yearn to continuously grow. In other words, we should seek to become more like Christ and we should be authentic people. Let's not, let's not use religion as a cloak that we wear when we get into a churchyard. Even at work, pick and pay. Scary when they tell her I've elevated to take certain things through just don't do that. There's been many play times go, you know, in these supermarkets where in you know Bahufa change more than they should. Sometimes they get overworked, these these young people, and then they give you a lot more change. So I will I was so happy, Bazalona, just recently, and it was such an, a nice experience. Uh, one, of the, one of the people I know, whom I was in contact with, is not in this church, and we were talking about something, and we kept on going back and forth, back and forth. Left his phone in, a, in, a, in an Uber taxi. Left his phone there. And uh, so I phoned, a, I didn't know, you know, I called, and, and a, a different voice answered. And this guy said, look, uh, my, my passenger has left his phone here. I said, oh. He said, yeah. He's, I said, okay, look, I know who he is. I can make him aware who Rufonia Okoka. Tell him, this is my number. This is, who I, uh, this is where he can find me. Oh, yeah. That was my day. You know, today we, we get surprised to find somebody like that. How? So I spoke to this guy, and I'm still going to meet this guy. I wrote down his name. I said, Muna, you are, you are a rare breed. <laughs> and then so later on, I, I, I call the phone and the owner answers. He says, Hello, I said, Oh, 
So you, you found your phone says, no, yeah, that, that Uber driver actually brought it to my house. He checked. He, he, I don't know what he did, but he found a way of tracing where this guy stays and took it there. Isn't that amazing? I don't know if this guy who pulled his I should have asked this Uber driver, but I have his name. I'm going to follow him up. People like that are rare. Yeah. It, it, it would even be nicer if we found out King Wanamudim. So I'm saying, Basalana, be a Christian. Cree. Tell your, tell your neighbor, be a Christian. Cree. Tell them, be Masalana Za. Tell them, Upuluswa Yeah, please. Be, be, be a Christian. Be a Christian. Sometimes it's such a sad thing to see the way people live when they're at home. Can't tell Kibazalwan. The way they treat their kids, their husband, the way they treat their wife, the way they talk to each other, the things they do. And then on Sunday, they take out this cloak called Buzalwan. And then they come to church. You know, like I was saying the other day, and then even the way they walk, Wabona. You know, that's, I, I used to think that the Bible, when it says walk in the spirit, you only see what church people. <laughs> I tell you. Tell your neighbor, be a Christian Christ. Just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We expect you to live by what the Bible says. We expect you even as a young person to live a holy life. It's not a question. We don't want to be arguing with you about sex out of marriage, about smoking and drinking and nyaope. We, we, those things, Masalana, those things we don't even have to talk about. The Bible says we mustn't do. We already expect you to stay away from that. So let's not argue. Let's not argue. Let's not argue. It's too late. Just live a Christian life. Yeah. But you know, sometimes it's so sad when we have to fight with our own church members about these things. And then they demonize you. You know, these days, social media, they post about you. They say nasty things about you, what's up? They single you out like you invented these values. And yet these are the practices of the church. Yeah. And then when you have weak leaders in departments or in churches who like to be liked by people, they allow people to get away with things like that. Look at the neighbor say, be a Christian Cree. Be Mzalona Oh yeah. Number number what? Number five. We believe that a church should operate as a unified community of servants stewarding their spiritual gifts. In other words, we should work in unity. Every one of us should use these gifts that God has given us for the work of the kingdom. I love this one. Number six. King number ha. I'll wait for you. We believe that a church should operate as a unified Community of servants stewarding their spiritual gifts. Value number six. We believe that loving relationships should permeate every aspect of church life. Bazalana, you know, Jesus said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. He didn't say by the cross you wear on your neck. He didn't say Mona, by the kesok that you wear. You know that kesok and appear. That doesn't mean more than anybody. Those are just outward things. Those are just outward things. We should be known by the love. If there's one thing we must do as Christians is to work hard 
to stay in love with one another. Because the truth is this, rasogodis. We can be difficult sometimes. But not only that, sometimes we offend one another. Just like I came and confessed to Ramavana, probably I said something, I don't know what my mind was thinking. But we make those mistakes. It's part of that. And it's just simple. But we just go say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And then we're to please forgive me. Yeah, this is the seventh time and the tenth time. No, just, just forgive. Just, just, just. Hey. You know? You know, it's very sad that in churches, people can have issues with each other. They don't, this one doesn't talk to this one. This one doesn't relate to And then they gossip about one another, talk about each other, mistrust. And, and then people, when you choose the others, the others don't support. Why? You only find out after what That's why all us are supporting you. And you know what he said, Basalana? Then people leave the church. They leave the church. They didn't know one another. They met here. They didn't know each other. They met here. They leave the place they came to. Look at your neighbor and say, Trada. Trada. Number six, we believe. Number what? Number seven, we believe that life change happens best when people belong. And this is why this year we challenge you to connect. Belong to a cell group, belong to a support group, a department, a fellowship, an interest group. KOEM is opening because we want a group. It, it, I think it's the second, is this the second? It's not the first, it's the second one. It's the first one. First one, eh? Yeah. So we want the Yamas to meet together. And, and belong there because you see Basalana, in, a, in, a, in this setting as much as this is great and we should have this every Sunday it's difficult to connect meaningfully in such a large crowd it's very difficult so you have to belong to a smaller Yana group this is where cell groups are, 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 are mandatory everybody here should belong to a cell group people who know you people who will walk with you people who will be there for you so and that is where life change happens, in small settings. Number eight, we believe that excellence honors God. This is what I wanted to talk about and inspires people. Write it down before get Talos. We believe that excellence honors God and inspires people. What we mean by that, Bazan, is that anything we do for God, we want to do it well. We want it to look good. You know, we had a discussion in my shop, and I was so thankful. I mean, it coming from her because she has very high standards, you know. We had a leadership summit since Thursday. People have been coming in, walking in, walking out, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yesterday, we ended at 2 o'clock, past 2. People left, and we had people who were cleaning here, you know. But they say as they went around the yard, there was not a single tissue paper in the yard on the ground. Not, not, not one. With all those hundreds of people who came, not one tissue paper. Because the people here, uh, it's taken years for us to teach people that please don't litter. Don't litter. How not in Brunalit dustbin? Throw it in the dustbin. You know? Because you can see, we want you when you get into the yard, you see the driver was alone. Number one, paving. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. 
Oh, Jesus. That's what we want. That's what we want. And then when you, when you come out of your car, how can I? Kidi Asha scarf. They bring you in and then they sit you down and then give you group wabina and then the lights are working, the screens are working, the guitar. There's none of that. No, no, no. How everything is orderly. You see body screening bansa, you know, uh, uh, countdown, the announcements, they are playing nice music in the background. You know, Sanana, for me, I'm being honest with you, growing up, I used to wonder, why do churches don't do that? Because just traditionally in general, church, churches didn't do any of that. When you went to a church, it was the worst place to go to. The building is not taken care of. There's things that are hanging off the wall. Huh? I mean, there's a cloth more, usually, yeah, la velvet. That's hanging over the pulpit, like saying, Hosanna. Come on, yeah, come on. Come on, how many of you know? Come on, yeah, I see the way she's laughing. She knows what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about, right? And, 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 and this thing, I shop work in it at a certain angle, why bona dust? And then the chair that you are sitting on, the bench eats, eh? everything's out of order. Everything's out of order. Everything's out of order. Next thing, the service is kalalaiti, limuto kansandi pina, kura alokono jo. You know those people, bansa pina, kura, how to, I join I join You can't join ka alto, you can't join ka tena. Marayana, in the spirit, when you are in confusion, you are not in the spirit, you're just thinking, you know. And I can't talk to all of Amandulo. I'm hoping all. Or all and the brilliance that are over here on one side. This one cap. This one cap. It last up last. Come on, come on now. Come on, come on. Talk to me. Talk to me. That was the picture of the church I had. And I'd sit there, the young people, and I think, Mara, why? These are the very people who go and work for institutions. Where the environment is good, everything is done well. Why when we come to church, when we come to God, why must we preach a standard like this? And if I ask some of you, please, 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 we don't want you, we don't want underneath those chairs that you are sitting on. Because some of you, they just have in Kenya, come on. We insist more now. That's why you see, we tell people, no, 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 no. That's why you don't find any graffiti in our toilets, not on our walls. And, and you go to our restrooms, you can use them. They're clean. <laughs> That's not the usual thing with us. Any toilets are public. <laughs> Even if it's a tree, I don't know which one. You are you not going there because they are so unclean. I remember some few weeks ago, I, I came in here. We, we, we require the same of people who come and rent our venue or use it. And even if they're not people of our church, when they walk in here, we've got signs and we have to renew some of them actually. Some of them are a little bit uh, worn out now. But we have a sign that says you are entering a smoke-free zone. So I remember this few weeks ago, I, I'm coming in and parking. There's a funeral on. I think I was coming for a council meeting. And there's this guy, Umojartengu. Sharameke. I never. So I just said to him, I'm forward, forward. He didn't know who I am. 
and nekaperi take you. So he wouldn't know what I am. Means she would call all her guy. So and nekaperi the name as well. So he didn't know him. I said I sent for it in your credit about paying your land guy. At all procure sorry man. Sorry man. We don't allow that. Why? Because we believe in excellence. Yeah, we believe in excellence. So. When people come and serve, there are people who are not used to excellence. They are supposed to start at seven, they arrive at seven. Then they wonder, no, you don't come in at seven. You must be here before. You know, first time you see their eyes going like this. Because what you are Many events are going to seven. Seven, if I I've preached in many churches where they say seven o'clock, you get there. I remember the one church I preached at some years ago. I mean, the service was at, never it's at seven. So I was there at quarter to seven, half past six. We said there, there was nobody. It was hosted at a hall, community hall. There's nobody, serious. I mean, a security guard. <laughs> so we asked him, I don't know, but I'll say, I'm going to go to Okay, so we sat there, seven o'clock. I'm going to go to the next Seven o'clock. Remember, we have been there since six thirty. Murutin top. Saturday half past six. And imagine I go to keep a go half past six. I had to go to get to half past five. And I go to get to half past five. It meant get to half past four. And I saw you. You can see already. I'm irritable. I've been up for a long time. So I'm sitting there. Seven o'clock. Get to Seven years sharper. Eight o'clock years sharper. No, I'm telling you. Nine o'clock years sharp. I'm telling you. Nine o'clock, I shop. Huh? Somebody comes in. <laughs> Who can say the flip flops? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. <laughs> and then walk in, I'm going to my blom. I'm going to decorate on stage. And we're the only people in the auditorium. And all of a sudden, what about How? Nifuna Nila. John. It's at seven o'clock or all. They don't respect time. They don't care, Kanak. You see? They don't care, Kanak. Yeah, they say, you have the watch, we have time. <laughs> but you see, when people start serving, we tell them, no, we believe in excellence. You don't just wait and tofel. Do it, look, check how it looks like, because God embraces excellence. Even if people may not believe your message, accept Christ, they should be struck by the order. They should be struck by the excellence that comes from church. You are people of excellence. I think you must give yourselves a big hand, everybody. Oh, yeah. We believe, number nine, that churches should be led by those with leadership gifts. Oh, I love this one. People, those who lead, must have leadership gifts. And number ten, 
We believe that full devotion to Christ and his cause is normal for every believer. What do I mean by that? We believe that people should give themselves to the cause of Christ and work hard and it's normal. You know, people work hard for all kinds of things, but it's almost like when they work hard for the church, they must, you know, be compensated for it. But now we work hard, all of us. And if you look at our senior leadership, they work so hard. A lot more harder. I went to bed at around one past one this morning, two, something like that. Because I tried to sleep last, last night, but the message was burning in my heart, so I wanted to finalize. So I got up and, and, and then started dozed off at about two, I think. And then had to be up at five. So it was three hours. So I'm here, I'm preaching. And you're not saying amen to my sermon. It's normal. I don't have to go to the council and say they must give me more money. Extra hours. Oh, we work hard. So we expect people to work hard. Yeah. We expect you as members to throw yourself to the work of God. Give money, give resources, give support, give your skill, give your time. When we say we're going to do something, work hard. It's normal. It's normal. Many people give their life. You know, I was talking with one of our pastors who was saying, you know, he's working for a huge corporation and Bamos Trafa. Many of you, this corporation is Bamos Trafa and these days it's worse with, with uh, people being able to connect virtually. You know, the, the, then when we used to go and of course, we, I know we have a hybrid system. Some people are working at home. Working at home is even worse than because your boss sends you an email at 11 at night. And he expects you to respond. And these companies, they work you so hard. And after all your time, your resources, your skill, they make profit and they move to another country. Your life ended in that. Whereas in God's kingdom, it translates into changed lives. Transformed destinies. I mean, last week, when I was sitting here, Looking at these kids who were giving testimonies, I was sitting there and saying, God, you know, if this is what our life is given to, then it is worth something. Can I hear a good amen? Your contribution, your commitment, let me use the words of the Bible, is not only benefiting in the life that now is, but in the life that is to come. Working for God, people get infected on this earth, and it, when they die, they go into heaven, even in eternity. So your impact is not just here on earth only. So, Abba throw yourself at the work of God this year. Give yourself fully to the work of God, unapologetically. Do it with all your might. Bring the best of you, the prime of you. Bring the A level of you to the work of God. And don't expect to be thanked or compensated. Do it for the glory of God because God will reward you for it. Oh, I'm not hearing people saying amen in the house. Give your best. When you come to the service, come on time. Arrive on time. And be, bring your best praise to God. I mean, I mean, thank him and worship him and thank him for who he is. And, and do it with all your might. And, and Hakirera, give me the best amen you ever can give me. And that's a, oh yeah. Come on now. Do it up. Let's act like we love what we do. And I'm not saying act like it, but the reality is we just love what we do. 
And let's be expressive of it. Can I hear an amen? amen? Number 11, we believe that disputes and unresolved differences should be scripturally addressed. When people have differences and disputes, they must address it scripturally. And finally, we believe in the leadership and giftings of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've gone over time as I predicted. So I want to use the last 10 minutes to tell you briefly about our areas of focus this year. And it's not all there is, just a part of it. Usually we sit down as the leadership composed of our bishops, senior administrators, overseers rather, and senior administrators, wherein I present to them the things I've been praying about as I felt led of the Lord. And like it is in other institutions, there's always a leader of the organization or the senior leader in this instance of the church, me being called presiding bishop. And our belief in the church here is that God speaks to the presiding bishop and gives them vision. But that vision as well resonates with the hearts of the other bishops and overseers and senior administrators as we sit together talking about how we sense the Holy Spirit prompting us to move forward. So what I'm presenting, we have talked about it at different intervals, maybe not in the format that I'm going to present it. But we are all, all of, of, of one heart that these are the areas where we ought to be moving. Well, I thought I would have presented this to our leaders earlier than now, but I am presenting this to you. I felt the Lord say to me that 2023 will be the year, write this three, the year of grace, growth, and gratitude. Grace, growth, and gratitude. And so this entire month, we'll be exploring those three areas. But today I want to start with that area of grace. When I say grace, it's in line with 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul says, my grace is sufficient for you. God said to Paul. When I talk about growth, which is what I'm going to talk about today, rather, is based on John 15, verse 1 to verse 5, where Jesus says, those who abide in me will bear fruit. And later he says they will bear more fruit. And then later he says they will bear much fruit. So in other words, we bear fruit in increasing measure. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. And then gratitude, which probably we are going to cover the last Sunday of this month, Next week, we will talk about grace. And the last Sunday, we're going to talk about gratitude. Based on Luke 17, wherein we learn from the 10 lepers to be grateful. But now we have a lot to be grateful for as a church for our 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think you must give the Lord a better hand than that. Not many churches like ours can actually talk about having reached 40 years without major scams, things that happen, divisions. And I must say, we don't pat ourselves on the back for that. We don't credit it to our leadership or anything, we, we, we credit it to the grace of God. Yeah. But by God's grace, God's kept us for 40 years. 
And I'm deeply grateful, my wife and I, that, I mean, all our married life has been in the ministry. 35 years of it. 36 years of it. And all my life, from my teens, the prime of my life at 22. So I think when I share that sermon, I will be a little emotional about it. But we have a reason to be grateful. But today I want to talk about our areas where we believe God is leading us for growth. Number one, we're going to be assigning our pastors, like some of those who are standing here, and all our Kairos trainees who were commissioned to start churches. So as of March, April, we'll be starting new churches. As you note, we are going into institutions of higher learning. We're going into university campuses now to run churches there. As has been announced that our student society adverts is resuming next week at nine in the morning. Our services are starting. We're going to start churches at university campuses and even next to them because we're serious about preaching young people. We're also now going to have churches in houses or homes like cells because we have a huge challenge in terms of venues. Some of the schools are no longer available, but we're going to send our pastors to go and start churches. We're going to also go into institutions like your hospitals, your homes. We will post Barutuko to run churches from there. And we will serve the community there. Then we also are moving into new areas. You'll be glad to know that we're going to be starting a church this year called Hartis. Hartis Purdam. We're going to erect a structure quickly, early in temporal, but it will have excellence. And we'll start having a church there. And next month, we are launching our new branch called Reimsech. So we are planting more churches. Secondly, we're going to be starting with the process of building all our sites. We've bought several sites and the process of building is starting. And please note my words, the process of building. Some of it, the buildings might be complete by the end of the year. Some of it, the process will be on. As you all know, that it takes a while. However, our site in Dobsonville, we're going to start work on it. Kibla Park, you know that we have a church there already. Uh, they are in a temporal structure. We're going to be building that church there. We've bought a church in Morocco North. And we're going to refurbish it and we're going to uh, start using it as a church. And then Hartis, as I've mentioned, we're going to have a church there. And then after 10 years of problems and challenges and being tossed this way and that way, finally, we are seeing some headway and some progress with our side core that is next to the Waterfall Estates. So... The process of building will resume this year. Yeah, our Ntwenako Waterfall Estates. Number three, 
There are other properties that we are in the process of buying and finalizing the transactions thereof. And I just want to make you aware, some of them in the next few weeks, we will actually be receiving delivery of those properties. And number four, yeah, I think you should give the Lord a hand for that. Number four, we will be taking occupation of our building that we own at 1 Morrison Street in Sunning Hill. We've bought a two-story building that we want to use for administration. And we have also renovated it to have a very small auditorium that we probably might use that to have a church there as well. But this building is going to be very key in terms of some of our administrative functions and in us launching on an international scale as a church. And uh, so sometime next month, we will be having a dedication service of this building in Morrison Street. Now, think about it. All these sites, all these buildings, everything I've talked about has been bought and paid for because you are givers in this church. No, I think you must give yourselves a better hand than that. No, Bazalana, I think you must give yourselves a better hand than that. Our belief in our church is that we pay cash and we build cash. We're not saying it because we are proud. We're not saying it because we have loads and loads of money. We're saying it because we believe in the grace of God that carries us. And we believe that the people in this church understand what it means to become kingdom financiers. Over the years, we've tried our best to show faithfulness in how we use our church funds. And it's all channeled to the right cause. So I just want to say thanks to all of you. Number five, we're going to focus on reaching people, as many people for Christ. That is why our Good Friday event this year, we've structured it such that would like every one of you to bring somebody. We'll be telling you more about it, but just to give you a little bit of a teaser there, we'll have our major services on Friday. We want every day to be packed out. We challenge every one of you to take leave, take off, and if you have a niece or a nephew who wants to get married at that time, just tell them, ah, postpone the wedding <laughs> so that you can be there. If you belong to the Khabu, tell the Khabu, the Khabu, that weekend I am going to church. All right? So just, we challenge all of you to be there because we really want this year to reach out for Christ. And I want to challenge you to not only invite, but to bring people. Challenge yourself to be that fully devoted member of the Lord. On Saturday, <coughs> we are going to have a very interesting session wherein all of us will be gathered together there for a huge Thanksgiving concert wherein we've invited artists of note to come and lead us. We haven't had a chance to thank God, all of us, for having pulled us out of the period of COVID. And that section of the service will also feature our young people prominently as we have a service where we've challenged young people to come from all corners of our country and pack out Orlando Stadium together with us. So all of us will be sitting there side by side with our young people, celebrating Jesus. And then there's, thereafter, that session, after that session, we're going to host a national day of prayer. So we're going to go into prayer mode and pray for our country. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Number seven, 
As you note that we are focusing quite a lot in reaching out to young people and making sure that we impact young people. We want to grow our ministry in terms of our footprint of if affecting the lives of young people. That is why we're going to even have these campus churches. And that is why you note, Renale, these ministries I am, and we have the ministries uh, youth, and we're doing all these things for our young people. As I said in the last session, in the last services, I don't know, I might just want to do a Kairos training for the young people exclusively. I might. I'm still praying about it. Number eight, we want to strengthen our social outreach initiatives. As you know that some of our initiatives have kind of uh, stalled because of our interaction with government in them not feeding us and giving us information timelessly. You will remember with the KZN disaster, we intervened in Nduzuma and Mutubatuba and some of these other areas. But as yet, we haven't been able to receive feedback because we had the mind as a church to build houses, especially for people. We're going to pick up on that because as a church that dreams, we believe in being socially relevant as a church. And, and, and for me, this is why last week's program of Achievers Awards just underlined why it's so important for us as Grace Bible Church to be involved in social outreach events. And in conclusion, we therefore appeal to every one of you to become a volunteer. Even if you don't become part of the Ministry of Helps, will you volunteer your time? Will you volunteer your resources? Will you volunteer your skill? Will you be one of those people that we can count on to help us in this vision becoming a possibility? I want to state it again. The church is the hope of the world. And the future of the church lies in the hands of those who are leading it. And it lies in the hands of those who are fully devoted followers of Christ. I believe the church has the potential to influence the direction of a nation more than we ever realize. Very often I've had a huge argument with people who've tried to want to come on the platforms of our church and promote certain political parties. I've actually had tensions with certain parties because they felt that we were ignoring them. They must come here and promote whatever and whatever. And I've said to them, I'll never allow you to do that. As a church, I believe we're a big bus. This church accommodates all people of all different political persuasions. We will never, as a local church, affiliate to any political party. Never, ever, never, never. And as for me, whatever political party I favor will be my secret between me, my wife, and my ballot. Because I understand I'm leading a big bus here. Everybody is welcome here, even with soccer clubs, even if I favor one. Masandawana, Machivsi, Maswalos, they're all allowed here. This is home for everybody. And I say that because I believe we can still impact our country without falling into party politics. I believe the mission of justice and fairness and development of a country doesn't have to work a, a certain political rope. Now, you are allowed as church members to participate in whatever party you want to participate on. We will pray for you. We will believe God for you. We will encourage you. We will challenge you. We will interface with you. But please do understand who we are. I am a servant of God. I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my responsibility is to lead everybody, no matter their political persuasion. 
All of you are members of this church. And all of you are people that I love very dearly. I may not agree with your political affiliation, but you I love. I may not like your politics. In as much as I may not like the t-shirt that you're wearing because it's yellow, Mara, you I like. And that's the difference here. And we will make sure that we as a church, Barcelona, we become the difference that we want to see. May I appeal to you, Grace Bible Church, to embrace this vision with your hearts and to pray about it and see how the Spirit will guide you in being part and parcel of what we want to do. Because I believe we are here on this earth on borrowed time. Let this year, our 40th year, be one of those signature years where every one of us will throw themselves to the glory of God. Times of transition are here. Times wherein we are moving into the next phase are here. And it is up to us to embrace those times as God leads us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody shouted and said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. And so now, Bazalana, we're going to receive the offering. But before we do that, I want you to join hands with your neighbor and we're going to pray for a while. I want to pray for you. And all across our churches, please do the same as we join hands and pray. Father, you have challenged us You've spoken to us. You've directed us. You've commissioned us. You've told us what we need to be doing this year. Just like you've inspired vision in Zerubbabel, in Nehemiah, in Moses, we are the vision bearers and we want to be faithful to what the Spirit has spoken. We know we will not despise the days of small beginnings. And that our hands have started it, our hands will be able to finish it. Grant us the grace. Grant us the favor to be able to fulfill these things. Connect us with strategic people. Lead us to resources. Give us favor. And let your grace envelope us even as we move forward. I pray for every person, every member of our church, Father, I pray that their hearts will be knit together with our hearts and that together we can expand our lives to the honor and glory of your name. Without shame, without apology, we will do so because we understand that we have been assigned and commissioned by you. Bless us all. We are joining hands as a sign of unity and oneness. Please, God, let not the enemy bring any division among us. We bind his forces. We bind his spirits. We bind and frustrate his plans in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you will keep us together as we move forward in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in unison shouted and said. Yeah. And everybody said. Yeah. And everybody said.